We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dawson here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Kill the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I'm blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After dark. It's the Field of 68 After Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being with us tonight. I got Randolph Childress and Jarrell McNeil with me. My name is Greg Waddell. And it was a quiet night on the men's side of college basketball tonight. Still a couple games going that we've got our eyes on. But we've got a great slate ahead this weekend. And we are going to get you everything you need to know into the week that is coming up in just two days. Gentlemen, I've got some burning questions for you that we're going to start the show with. We're going to talk NCAA tournament sleepers and the bubble. Our bracketology show on this network has just launched this week. We've got another episode tomorrow, so we're learning a ton there. And then we've got the eight biggest games of the weekend. We'll do a pick them in the second half of the show. I can't wait to get your guys' thoughts. But as I mentioned, we're going to start with my burning questions. Got a hot one for you, gentlemen. I feel like this could go a variety of ways here. Simply put, who is the best team in college basketball right now? RC, who you got? I got UConn. Uh, I, I, I don't. I think they're the best team in the country right now, uh, as they continue to get healthy, healthier and in, in shape. You know, I think Klingon is back, but I think as he continues to get in game shape, I think it's gonna be better and better. I, I haven't seen anything to. To, to change my mind on it. I know I give Rob crap about it. I give their fans crap about it, but they they very well could, could be back-to-back champions. So if I had to pick a team right now, I'd pick them. To, even as scheduled, I think it's having beaten Creighton, hadn't beaten Villanova now. I think their most difficult game in the next couple of games is, I, I can't remember, it might be St. John's. That St. John's, they're home for a couple of games as well. The next two games, three of the next four games are at home. I don't see anybody beating them at you know at their place. So I'm gonna go. I'm still I'm still big on Purdue, but if I had to say the best team, if I had to put my money on it, I'm going with UConn. Yeah, they got a lot of winnable games coming up. Their only projected yeah. loss the rest of the season, according to Ken Palm, is at Creighton on February twentieth. Everything else projected UConn victory, including a, a bunch of home games and a bunch of road games against the bottom of that conference. Jarrell, do you like the UConn pick or are you going a different direction? I actually do like the UConn pick and uh, just uh, going off what RC said, I think they're probably one of the most complete teams and what they've been able to do, even having some guys in and out of the lineup early on in the, uh, in the start of the season throughout the first uh, half of the season. But uh, I'll take a little bit of a left turn here and uh, and I'll say that quiet is kept. Uh, the best team in the country right now might be North Carolina. Uh, I don't know if there's any team right now that's playing better. Uh, I feel like R.J. Davis is easily probably the best and uh, the most consistent guard in the country right now, uh, in my opinion. And th- th- those guys have all the pieces. Uh, Armando Baycott is averaging 10 boards a game, 14 rebounds, settling into his role, not the same 
you know, end all be all he was offensively in years past. And then those guys that they had coming in through the transfer portal have just been uh, just spot on with everything that I felt like they needed with Ingram and uh, Cormac Ryan and those guys. So uh, they didn't have, you know, the young guy coming in, Cadeau and Seth Trimble as well, too. And right now, I don't feel like it's a team uh, that's playing better than North Carolina at this moment. So, you know what? Good call to your point. Yeah, to your point. The only reason I didn't pick them was because UConn beat them earlier this year. So I felt like I needed to yep. give them the slight edge <laughs> because UConn beat them earlier. But you're right. They're playing, they playing lights out. Carolina's balling right now. They're definitely top three team in the country. Yeah, they're one of those teams that I feel like looks different than the early season version of themselves, too. And uh, UConn last yep. season is a good example of that, right? They kind of went through phases where they were dominant in the non-conference, then I think they lost like six of eight in conference play at one point and then looked dominant again in the NCAA tournament. Right now, North Carolina looks dominant for sure. Eight and zero in ACC play. Uh, hard to see a loss coming anytime soon. Their first game against Duke is at home. So that's obviously advantage. Hubert Davis and the guys. Uh, but gentlemen, come on. I can't let you off this easy. How are we two answers into this hot question and nobody's mentioned Purdue? Let's be honest. They got the best player in the sport. They're ahead of both North Carolina and UConn, according to many of the advanced analytics sites that I know and love so well. This is the number one offense in the sport. And, guys, they dominated the non-conference. I mean, we saw what happened. They ran through the Maui Invitational. They ran through Alabama and Arizona on neutral site events. Like, have we forgotten how good Purdue is just from a couple road losses in conference play, R.C.? No, no, I'm, I'm I'm bullish on them. I think that they'll be there when it matters in the end. I mean, we talk about them. I mean, it's listen. I'm a big fan of UConn. I think I'm a big year in redemption for them. I think this this is something that they're going to respond from from last year. I don't think any of that stuff is, it will linger. But again, we've seen a blueprint. I, I just said UConn or even Carolina probably they're more versatile. I think UConn has more guys. They're not dependent upon. If I had to nitpick. And like I think, I don't think it's a, it's, it's a debate on who the top three teams in the country are. But again, we've seen this with Purdue. We're not going to question it with Purdue until the tournament comes around. They're going to run through the Big Ten. We know it. Uh, my question with Carolina, the only question I have is how are they going to win when R.J. Davis struggles, when he has an off night offensively? Where is the production coming from? He's been the, I think he's been the best point guard, if not the best guard in the country. Uh, so I'm not saying he's going to fall off, but just even having an off night, you know, how are they going to respond to that? Uh, I just think UConn just rely, don't have to rely on that one guy to carry as much. And that's why I said I would say I, I'd say they are the best team right now. But I'm not – if you say UConn, you say Carolina, I, I wouldn't argue either way. Okay. Jarrell, what do you think of Purdue? Am I off base throwing the Boilermakers in this conversation? No, you're not off base at all. And uh, just just exactly like you were saying, uh, those guys are right there. Uh, it's not a very a very far margin in between them and what we're talking about, UConn. I could have easily said Purdue and nobody would have batted an eye either. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll give you two. I'll give you one thing about both teams that scared me a little bit. Uh, and, and it's sort of like uh, I think versatility was the key word that RC said. Uh, I still Purdue still scares me at times because I feel like they're first half away from Zach Eady getting in foul trouble from them taking an early exit. Uh, and and I do feel like they're better and and I and I and I do feel like they've gotten better since last year with the pieces that they added and they can sustain it a little bit better. But it's something about him being the end all be all that scares me a little bit because it changes the dynamic of their team so much. And UConn it doesn't because we've seen them play and win games with clean getting out. Uh, you know, obviously it's not the same exact impact as uh, Zach Eady is, at least scoring-wise it isn't. But uh, And then for UConn, on the other hand, only thing that kind of scares me about them, I still feel like they have some of the uh, some of the most depth, uh, like RC said, and, uh, and just a, a plethora of really talented and good players who, who can uh, get hot and kind of beat you on any given night. Only thing that scares me about them is uh, at the end of games, kind of who you drawing up a play for. I don't think there's a clear-cut go-to guy or a guy we say throw him the ball and uh, and let him go to work and we'll see what happens. Uh, and there's going to come a point in time throughout the course of the year because I don't think they're going to roll kind of through the NCAA tournament like they did last year. Last year, there weren't a whole lot of close games for UConn, so that didn't even matter. So. 
Hey, to, hey to Greg, point, I will say up. this. Hey, Greg, yeah, yeah. I will, I will say this about Purdue. I'll ask you about Purdue this. I don't worry about the, a repeat performance of last year for them, like not making shots. I think Lance Jones helps them in so many ways after ball handling. My only concern with Purdue would be a, a center that stretches the floor that can knock down threes, and he's just making shots that day because they're not switching. Right, and they gonna they playing in drop coverage. They not bringing Zach Edie out the paint. So if a yeah. big man just can't guard him, nobody guards him. He's the most he's the player of the year. All that stuff's done. I've been on record saying I think he deserves defensive player of the year and player of the year. But if a big man stretches him and can knock down shots that forces him to come out the paint, then I think that's the only thing that beats them. Other than that, they're gonna roll. Yeah, yeah, I like that call out. It's hard to to imagine. Like what? What exact bigs do we think that fit? Like Hunter Dickinson, I could see maybe stretching him a little bit, uh, or just a team that goes super small. Like Illinois doesn't play a traditional center. We're going to see Illinois yeah. Purdue again later this season. But um, yeah, it's a good call out, RC. I had one note on uh, to uh, Jarrell's point on UConn. I was going to push back and say Tristan Newton can be that guy a little bit, but Tristan Newton's actually really struggled in conference play. I wasn't even aware of this until I just looked these numbers up. He's shooting 33% from the floor, 25% from three on six attempts per game from three in the eight Big East games this season. Small sample size, of course, but uh, those numbers are going to need to course correct a little bit to be feeling really good about UConn down the stretch of the season. So, all right, uh, three different answers for who we think the best team in the country is. Apparently that's a a good thing at this point in the season. I want to flip this a little bit. And I want to ask you about some disappointments because there's certainly been teams on the other side of this equation. A uh, couple that come to mind for me, not to point two fingers, but let's be pointed with it. UCLA is a disaster right now. Arkansas, the wheels of the must bus are falling off. Gentlemen, I'm a fan of a program in shambles. Let's call it what it is, the Michigan Wolverines. I don't even understand what's happening with them. Uh, Jarrell, who do you think has been the biggest disappointment in college basketball this season? And uh, and this probably won't this probably won't be the biggest, uh, and it might be a tad bit of an overreaction, but it's just from my personal standpoint. And uh, and I'll go Big East with this one, and I'll say Villanova. Uh, I thought Villanova was gonna be one of those teams, uh, especially early on in the year, man. With the, um, you know, they got it rolling a little bit, man. You know, they smacked North Carolina pretty good. They had some real good wins. And I'm just like, damn, man. They got all the pieces. They got the older guys. They got some really good guys through the transfer portal. And I just felt like, man, this might be the year. I was like, I don't know if they're going to be in contention for necessarily a Big East title. But I just felt like they would get off and be a little bit more consistent with, uh, you know, just with some of the uh, the older leadership that they have and really good players that they have. But man, they kind of hit a little bit of a wall here, uh, and they starting to worry me a little bit. Uh, I'll do I, obviously there's time for, for them to pick it back up, uh, and it's not like a situation where I, I don't think they're right now in immediate danger of saying, oh man, they're not gonna make the tournament yet because they'll have a lot more opportunities, but. Uh, you know, they they they, they got to kind of wake up a little bit and get it going just to make sure that they're uh, they're in the field and not on the bubble coming into Selection Sunday. But they've been a little bit of a disappointment. That was a team I was really big on early in the year, and I thought, like, man, this is one of those classic kind of Villanova lineups that can get people in trouble and possibly get uh, get to the second weekend for sure. Yeah, one and four in their last five games, the only win against DePaul at home. That's certainly not trending in the right direction for their NCAA tournament hopes. Uh, RC, any thoughts on Villanova and or who's your biggest disappointment? Uh, you know what? You took one of my answers because I was high on them. I, I, I was one that said early in the year I thought they could challenge for the Big East and, and wouldn't surprise me. And they they still that type of team that can go in the Big East tournament and win it. Uh, the Big East tournament. I thought they'd be better than that. But I, I, my biggest disappointment is Arkansas. I, 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 you know, it's not just that they're losing. They're getting their ass kicked. I mean, Florida blew them out. I, I mean, it's it's <laughs> Ole Miss smacked them. Like, it's it's. there's a difference in losing some close games. But, man, they're dropping games by, you know, double digits. And, and I, 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 I was shocked. And we kept giving them the benefit of the doubt. We're like, oh, must teams always – hit the switch, turn it on late, uh, they're going to figure it out. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. This group is going to figure it out. I know we'll talk about their matchup coming up here in a few minutes, but I, I've seen nothing that make me think that they've, they've got it figured out.
Yeah, Jarrell, what do you think of the must-bus at this point? Is it still fair to say you have hope that he could get it back on track before the season ends, or are you all the way out? No, I'm 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 about out, and I, at this point, uh, because because look, it's 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 to the point now, and I'm looking at the roster, man. They got they have too many talented players, you know, just to speak to what RC said to lose the way they've been losing. So they get they kind of in that danger zone for me. Yeah, they're in a danger zone for me where it's like, man, some of these dudes might be kind of all out on this, like the the, the guys on the team. Like, uh, and, and I don't know. I don't know what the motivation is there right now. And it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't look promising for sure, man. They're getting blasted at home on the road. It really doesn't matter. And that's a place that uh, traditionally has a really good environment. And they have a real home court advantage, man. So and they got the players, man, they got the talent to do it. So I'm not sure exactly what's happened with uh, with Arkansas, but they're de they definitely been a big letdown. And I'm I don't know if they're going to make it. I, don't, I think they might be out. Yeah, much uh, like Villanova, they are just spiraling right now. Five of their last six they have lost. The only win, a one-point win over Texas A&M. I'll just add my answer quickly. I'm going to my Big Ten. I'm really disappointed in Maryland this season. I thought Kevin Willard returned his three best players from a team that had Alabama on the ropes in the round of 32. That team cannot shoot the basketball, and he does not have any answers. All right, gentlemen, uh, coming up, I've got a few more burning questions for you. We're going to talk about the biggest NCAA tournament sleepers. We've got a special interview with a coach of one of those sleepers. That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. What's going on, guys? Before we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of 68 Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox, you guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched. The Daily is edited and produced by Mike Miller, who spent more than two decades running NBC's digital written content and is subscribed by more than half of the Division I coaching staffs, the biggest names in college basketball media, and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport. For just $50 for the year, you get access to the same information that the insiders get. And before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up and the latest from the Field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan in your life, everything you need is at the Field of 68.shop. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. It's the Field of 68 After Dark. It's Thursday night, and as we speak, Gonzaga's hitting some key free throws to avoid disaster at home against San Francisco. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a quiet slate, but that doesn't mean it's a quiet show for us. We got a bunch of burning questions for the guys. We've got 
picks for the eight biggest games of the weekend coming up in the second half of the show. I got Randolph Childress with me, Jarrell McNeil with me as well. My name is Greg Waddell. Uh, before the break, I teased. I want to talk about some NCAA tournament sleepers. Our bracketology show, Fielding the 68, is back. It's every Monday and Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We got some of the best bracketologists in the business giving us all the behind the scenes on how they build their brackets, what teams are trending up, what teams are trending down. So I feel like I learned a lot from this week's show on Monday. Um, you guys test here. Let's start with you, Jarrell. Who is your biggest NCAA tournament sleeper pick right now? Um, this was a decent one for me uh, because I, I feel like I kind of I've been kind of tracking this team for a while now. But I think uh, I'm high on uh, I'm going Ivy League. I'm going Princeton Tigers. Uh, they're going to win their tournament. They're going to get in. They're probably going to win a game or two, man. They got some ballers over there. They were ranked at one point early in the year before they could took that one loss. Uh, but they got some guys over there that can really play, man. They run their stuff. Uh, they they can knock down threes from the outside, and uh, and they kind of just got it all figured out early on. That's going to be one of those teams that's going to get in the tournament, and uh, and you know had that had that Cinderella slip wrong for a couple days or a couple weeks. Maybe I like that tough. pick too. I like that yeah. pick. I like that pick because people thinking they play like the traditional old team with all the Princeton cuts and nah. all that. They, they, they giving you work. They're they they going to get some it this year. They're they giving you some work, so I like that pick. I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a homer pick. I was. I was gonna say, I, you know, Northwestern. I like. I don't think that they're a team that's a sleeper pick because I think they're in. And you got a guy like Boo Booey. I don't know how much of a sleeper that is, but a team that's not in the tournament right now. And I know I'm gonna get slack about it, but I'm going with the Deeks. I think if Wake Forest gets in the tournament. They are a hell of a – they're a team you don't want to match up with because of their guard play. And then you got Carr averaging 14. You got Hilde averaging 15. You got Boopy Miller averaging 16. Hunter Silas averaging 17. They they score 80 a game, and they shoot the three. They shoot the hell out of it. Now, you can catch them on a night. They can – they're going to take them. The question is they play like Louisville. They hit, I think, 18 threes. And you hit 18 threes, you can beat anybody. Um, they played Carolina on the road. They were up one at half in the first half on the road against a team that we just argued and said they were the number one team in the country. Uh, I think they're a dangerous team. Uh, don't get me started on the brat on the you know the analytical stuff, getting them in and all that. I ain't even debating that. But if they get in with their guard play and the way they can shoot the ball, they're a team you don't want to play. You talked about the UNC game. Agree. Great first half. I watched that game. I bet Wake Forest in that game. I was all over the Deeks. I love all the offense. Everything you said, Hunter Salas, I can see it. But then the second half happened, RC. What happened in that second half? I mean, it wasn't just a loss. It was ran off the court. And that can't be all North Carolina. No, no. Listen, for, for playing on the road is, a, is tough. Like I said, they're going to shoot you in or shoot you out. And they got through a stretch when Hunter Siley was there. They're trying to get Misanto back out there. You know, he's on a he's on a minute restriction. So he comes in there and he shoots a couple and then they, he he knocks down a few, but he's trying to figure it out. Um, there's they have their challenges inside. And I thought defensively, you know, matching up with Armando, they were playing Armando in drop coverage because if you try to switch on Armando with a guard, you got no chance at rebounding. So I, I I know what the game plan was. You can see they were trying to keep a bigger body on Armando because if you help on the guards, that's one of the reasons R.J. Davis is getting off. Nobody wants to switch because if you hedge his ball screen and Armando gets below you, forget about it. He's cleaning up the glass. So they got high credit to them, man. Carolina's good. They're defending their ass off. Um, we don't have a lot of depth when they get in foul trouble. I think Hunter Silas has to stay out there. He's a shot making a creator, but you know it, it's it's one half. That's same just as much as we can say about that one half that they played poorly. Let's not forget they led in that first half, and we're talking about the best team, you know, arguably in the country that they did that against. So I don't think Carolina's twenty five thirty points better than the Deeks. I just thought they they rode the momentum of the crowd and everything else being on the road. Um, again, I, I, I'm not saying they're a Final Four team, but they're a team because of the way they play. And so many scores in the way they shoot the ball, you don't want to play them because there's danger. They're just dangerous team. Yeah, that's fair. All right, I've got two answers for my tournament sleeper. I'll be quick with these. The first one, 
Texas A&M. In March, I like teams with two things. I like a team that does something at an elite level. I don't care what it is. Just tell me you do something elite. You know what that is, and you're going to show up and do it. Texas A&M is the best offensive rebounding team in the country. Junkyard dogs. They only lost three games in the SEC last year. Bad start this year. They're 3-3 three and three in conference play, but they're turning it around. They've won their last two. And the second thing I love, teams with a great guard. Wade Taylor is good enough to get hot for three weeks in the NCAA tournament and propel this team to a very, very deep run. And I'm going to stay in the state of Texas for my second one, boys. I think this is the quietest 15-3 and three team in college basketball. Texas Tech is just sitting here silently undefeated at home. They've won all 11 games in that building. Oh, by the way, went on the road at Texas and pieced them up by 11 against a team with Max Asmus with all this hype from the transfers they brought in. I just think Grant McCaslin has been way ahead of schedule. And that's no disrespect because McCaslin, to me, is one of the, the star-rising coaches in the country. Now he's getting a shot at Texas Tech in the Big 12. And he's got his boys ready to play, man, 4-1 and one in conference play. Ahead of a lot of these newbies that have entered the conference. And uh, not only that, we got a chance to sit down with Mr. Grant McCaslin. Let's show you that interview now. And now let me welcome onto the field of 68 after dark, the man that is currently sitting in first place in the Big 12 standings, Texas Tech head coach Grant McCaslin. Grant, I appreciate you taking some time away from uh, from your bass fishing trips that you like to take during the season, right? I appreciate you being here with us. <laughs> yeah, my treat, man. Back at you with the bass fishing, man. You know our boys love that, so hard to hard to get time away, but when you do bass fishing, ain't a bad bad thing to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. You uh, you guys are sitting at 15-3 and three this season, your first year at Texas Tech. What has been the biggest surprise so far this year that that, that has come from taking over a new job and being able to have this instant uh, instant success? Yeah, well, first of all, you, you know it doesn't mean anything to be first right now. That's actually the least of my concerns. You know, it's like the gauntlet of getting better, uh, being a good rebounding team. We're not a great rebounding team. I mean, I think there's some things in my mind that I look at that have nothing to do with your record nor who you play next. It's like, what do you need to do to reach your potential? So honestly, I'm not even looking at records. I'm just trying to figure out how we can get better. But I think the biggest surprise to me, and you never know how quickly this takes form with your teams, but is the the communication and the buy-in of our guys and the way they talk to each other, right? I mean, like you can get in these timeouts that are dialed in and they're you can't even hear each other and they're waiting for you to communicate what you want them to do and they're just looking at you like can't one can we can we win this game and two like what is it that you want us to do and i can tell you this is flipped for us like these guys are really communicating with each other you're getting timeouts you're getting huddles and they're talking about what we need to do and when you start to get that sense it's not plays it's players that are making decisions that are going to impact winning you know, it's not a scheme. It's what they're doing in that scheme to help each other win. And that's my favorite part of this, man, is like they're talking to each other. And I think that's the biggest surprise so far is just how connected these guys are to winning and what they're doing together to make that happen. All right. So I put out my top venues, top 20 venues uh, earlier this week. And United Supermarkets Arena was on there. And a lot of people kind of pushed back on me. You know, people that haven't been there. Like, how are they? On? Texas Tech, come on, what are we doing? Like, those fans, that venue, other than Kansas and Duke, I would say, like, you could put it up there against just about anybody. And obviously, I was there when, when Chris Beer came back to Lubbock a couple of years ago. I will put that environment up there against any environment I've ever been to, Grant, ever in college basketball. I, I know we could talk about this for a long time. We could, honestly. So I want to try to be as concise as I can. So the lead up to this, because I was here the night the United Supermarkets Arena opened really? in 1999. Yes, it was the first year. The, I have the ticket still from the first game, and you know it was Bob Knight yeah. came here. So we opened the arena, and it was my first job as the ops. And so we opened the arena. So I got to be in this building for the first game and experience it. And then as the head coach, and, and what a journey it's been on. Great coaches. I mean, like, honestly, really, when you look at the Hall of Fame guys that have been here, it's really pretty unbelievable. Tubby Smith, when he got here and took over that team and Coach Gillespie, who I actually played for, he's a Hall of Famer in his own right with what he was able to do at different places. Obviously, it's been a pretty wild journey. But, man, I mean, you talk about amazing. 
but and I'll I, I'm gonna over right there that white banner right there. That's the Final Four National Championship team banner here, and I tried to get our commissioner in Conference USA to not schedule a game on the night that Beard was coming back to play when Adams was the head coach here at Texas Tech. I'm serious. <laughs> I got him like. Ross Hodge and I were like, we are going to be in Lubbock for that game. I mean, like, because the journey leading up to it, what people don't know is like Coach Adams and Beard, like we've all kind of came up in this JUCO underground, like kind of like who we were coaches. And I had to coach – my first five years of coaching were against Mark Adams as a head coach. He was the head coach at Howard. And Beard was a GA for a guy named Shannon Hayes who was an assistant here at – tech when I got here and he was the guy that hired me back to Midland College when I became a head coach and he had he was on the staff with 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 um Shannon so weirdly enough we all know each other I can tell you this what coach Beard did here and this kind of leads into this environment is it really is a miracle it's amazing and what he built and I and I text him this after we beat BYU on Saturday and I said Beard I went and got some Whataburger and I was thinking about you, man. I'm like, I don't think we win this game if you, if it wasn't for you and what you built here. Because the fans here, and you know this because played in Fog Allen, had the opportunity to be a part of like some really cool environments. Hinkle Fieldhouse, we played there this year. And talking about playing at Iowa State, that's the fans that just get basketball. The fans here, when we need them, they know how to impact the game. And there are very few places know how to really impact winning. And I'm telling you, Texas Tech Red Raiders know how to impact winning. I honestly believe like Beard. So I texted him and said, hey, man, I just want to tell you thanks, dude. I don't think we win this game if it wasn't for you. So there's a weird like love, like deep love for this place. But I'm like super appreciative, man, of the opportunity to be able to coach here. And I I am beyond blessed because of the history and the buildup of what's come before because I know – it where it started in 99 when we were here and we we played Texas we played Indiana and lost up to what I got the opportunity to experience on Saturday and I I, I do want to credit uh with what Beard and Adams and those guys did to build this and specifically Beard because his belief and just not in every just the marketing and the whole deal just really got this place to believe that we can win a national championship here and their approach and impact on the game is really remarkable Thank you to Coach Grant McCaslin and shout out to Rob Dosser and Jeff Goodman for sitting down and getting that interview for us. Texas Tech, likely safely in the tournament field with the way they're playing. I want to move to the bubble, guys. I want you to give me a bubble team that you think can make the most noise come NCAA tournament time. RC, we will start with you on this one. Who you got? You know what? My team, I would say, is not a bubble team because they're definitely in, but I think they can make some noise when they get in there, and that's New Mexico. I don't think nationally they get enough credit for what they are. I, I love their guard play and, 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 and Donovan Dent and I call them Monster Mash Jr. and Jalen House. I and mean, they all give you about 15 a game. Um, I, I just think that's a team that, again, guard play I look at is what takes you, can take you far in the tournament. And they're not relying on one guy. When you got multiple guys that can do it, it makes you that much more dangerous. Uh, they're definitely in, but I just think they're a team nationally that people don't give enough credit to that I think can make some noise when they get in. It's a good shout, Jarrell. Who you got? For my pick, I went with uh, another team. Uh, I'm not sure if they're a bubble team yet, but I think by the time it's all said and done, uh, they might be one of those teams just right on the cusp of getting in or out. Uh, I'm going with K-State. Uh, Kansas State is going to be a team. I feel like they'll end up getting in, but I think they're going to be right on the bubble. Uh, but they got a good team uh, with uh, Arthur Kaluma, Tyler Perry, uh, Cam Carter, all of those guys chipping in, and a good balance of some young guys, too, that chip in early on. Uh, I think they're a team that be able to get in and uh, make some noise, you know, at least if nothing else, play a couple tough games in that first weekend. All right, I like the shot with a purple team, Jarrell. I'm going to copy you here. Uh, I watched Boo Booey dismantle Illinois last night and all I could think to myself was this kid's gonna do this en route to a second weekend I think it's gonna happen he was close last year by the way they were within possessions of beating UCLA in the round of 32 this kid's special man and I like that they put around him 
And uh, I like it so much, I predict this team's going to go to a Sweet 16. And that's my Vaulted Challenge for you guys. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place for you to store your own predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends like Jarrell McNeil and RC. Go download the Vaulted app, spelled V-L-T-E-D, to challenge your friends and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. Northwestern to the Sweet 16 is my pick. Coming up next, guys, we're going to have predictions for the weekend on After Dark. Yep. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th, and running through Monday, February 12th. The morning after Super Bowl 58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops, odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Field 158. It's that time here on the Field of 68 After Dark. It is time to look ahead to this weekend slate. Every Saturday slate feels like the best day of the week at this point in the year. And we have a great Friday night game as well. I got Randolph Childress. I got Jarrell McNeil. My name is Greg Waddell. And uh, tomorrow night, that game would be Michigan State at Wisconsin. The Badgers got the Spartans the first time they played this season in East Lansing. 8 p.m. FS1 Friday night tip RC, what are you expecting from the Spartans on the road? Any revenge here? No. I'm going with the Badgers at home. They already took, they already took care of business at Michigan State. I like the Badgers, man. Um, I, I just think they're the team that, you know, we, Illinois has a shot. I think they're the second-best team in, in the Big Ten behind Purdue. And I, I, I'm going I, – I, I see nothing to think of Michigan State to go on the road and get one there. I, I hadn't seen it. All right, Tyson Walker's playing a little better, RC. Uh, A.J. Hogarth's turned it around as well. But I think this is just a tough matchup for the Spartans. Uh, Badgers have size in the front court, man. Mati Sissoko, starting center for Michigan in the first game, had just two points and one rebound in 13 minutes. He really got played off the court by Stephen Crowell. I'm going to go with the Badgers at home as well. It opened up minus two and a half with our friends at BetMGM, by the way. Small number at home at the Cole Center. Uh, Jarrell, who you got in this game? I'm actually going to go with the wild card here and go with Michigan State. Uh I yeah. think that I think this is going I think this is going to be their their first statement road win. Uh <laughs> I'm taking a chance on them if nothing else my goal is to hopefully they get one and we can create some uh some doubt on RC's take on Michigan State for the season. <laughs> he said hey, I know man. it's going to be hard to do but they should have some kind of advantage, I feel like, a little bit on the perimeter. A.J. Store is good, but, man, with Hogarth, Tyson Walker, uh, Jay Nackins, they should be able to get uh, get a, win that battle uh, of the backcourt, hopefully, and uh, and possibly steal the game on the road. So I'm going with the Spartans on that one. All right. RC's looking at you sideways. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, I, 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 hey, look, I almost I went upstairs and went to sleep. I almost went to sleep. I almost went to bed on that. <laughs> hey, no, but seriously, Tyson Walker's a ball. I mean, Walker's a bucket, man. He, he, I said that. I'm on record with that. I'm a huge fan of his. I, I just think he has to play really well for them to win. And on the road, he's going to have to play really well. Not that he can't, but that's a lot of pressure and responsibility for him. 
Yeah, yeah. This Tom was Gantz, yes, year, played man. really well. Yeah, yeah. Max Klesman hey. is about to be a, he about to be a 40, 50, 90 guy. Max Klesman is going to be a 40. He, he's close to being a 50, 40, 90 kid. That's a really bad That's look for my conference, RC. I, I'm going <laughs> to pretend you didn't say that, RC. We're going to move on, okay? Uh, 50, we're going to move 90, baby. <laughs> we're going to move to Jarrell's conference here. It is Seton Hall is at his Marquette Golden Eagles. Uh, Saturday, Oops. 1 p.m. on FS1 here. Marquette, nine-point favorites, according to Ken Pomeroy. Uh, Seton Hall, a lot of questions with them right now. Kadari Richmond, a late scratch in Seton Hall's loss against Providence. General Soreness was the report after the game, but uh, I think his status is certainly up in the air at this point. RC, who you got? I got Marquette um, because I'm unsure of what's going on with Richmond. I don't know what that is or, or – if he's okay to play, if he's out, they got no shot of winning. But I do have my concerns with Marquette, man. And in the, the conference play, the backcourt, you know, Cam and Kolick had been shooting the ball well. They they're, they're shooting in the twenties, man, from behind the three point line right now, and that's you know that's concerning. We thought that they we know the injuries that they sustained, and we thought they'd be a little bit better overall, and they would be if they had everybody. But uh, the lack of perimeter shooting from those guys is is a big surprise for me early in the Big East season. Okay, I like that. Uh, I think it's hard to pick against Marquette in this spot, given all the uncertainty with Seton Hall. It hurts my heart to say that because I really like this group that Shaheen Holloway has at full strength. Yes. I do, man. I'm, fall I'm falling for the I'm Shaheen Holloway pick here. They're tough. They're just tough. I love watching them. And, uh, yeah, it just it's not the same team that it was two weeks ago right now. And it's scary that you don't know which version is going to show up any given night. With that said – you also never know which version of Tyler Kolick's going to show up. That seems to change on a night-to-night -night basis. But uh, at home, he's pretty comfortable. I think that's fair to say. I'll go with Marquette, and I don't think this will be a particularly close game. Uh, Jarrell, I think I know who you're picking here. Who you got? Yep, uh, it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, I'm excited about this one, too, guys, actually, because I'll, be, uh, I'll be able to attend this game as a civilian. Uh, so I'll be in the building for this one on, uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, but – yeah, I'm taking Marquette in the landslide. Uh, my my former teammate Wes uh, Matthews is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame Saturday, so we're gonna have that little presentation for him and salute to him uh, prior to the game. And uh, you know, Marquette wins by a hundred, man. He can't lose on these type of these type of occasions. Hey, man, so, you uh, might have to I'm, you might I, have to suit up and make some shots. Sorry, <laughs> Dagan. Hey, look, hey, look, I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going as a civilian, so y'all might catch me on camera, uh, courtside, throwing shit and yelling. So, uh, rebounding gonna be key. We gotta hit the glass, man. See, no, I'll be on that glass. No offensive rebounds. We'd be good. Yeah, rebounding might be key for you and Wesley Matthews Sunday morning. It sounds like too, based on what the festivities yeah. might yeah, be right, Saturday right. night. That's right. what it sounds like. Uh, well, good. Should I hope you have weekend. fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, homecoming, always a good affair, and uh, hopefully you can get a W from your boys, Jarrell. I'll be rooting for you. All right, let's move to Kansas at Iowa State. This is the first ranked matchup of the weekend that we have discussed. The number seven Jayhawks at the number 23 Cyclones. TJ Otzelberger, man, at home, he's a different animal. RC, who you got? Yeah, he is, but I, I, I'm going with the Jayhawks. I, I think it's they're only 2-2 two and two on the road this year in true road games. Um, I, I think some of these teams have to start that we know are really good teams. Some of the top teams in the country has got to start getting some of these games on the road, and I think this is one that they get. So I'm going with Kansas. Not by much. I think it'll be, you know, I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. I mean, what they favor in Iowa State, but I, I think Kansas gets it on the road. Okay, they need it. They definitely need the resume play at this point, I think. Not that uh, it's not like they're not in the tournament, but yeah, they, they need the seeding love, right? You don't want to see Kansas as like a four or a five, and they're trending in the wrong direction here. With that said, Iowa State, Cyclones, 12 and 0 at home this year, win over Houston, win over Kansas State, win over Iowa. Those are some good wins at home. I have some serious questions about the Jayhawks. I know Johnny Furphy has been playing significantly better lately. Uh, no offense to Johnny Furphy, but I think the defense he's going to see from the Cyclones in this game is going to be a little bit different than some of the defenses that he's really had his breakout games against. I'm going to take Iowa State at home here. I think they get to 13-0 in Ames. We'll see what happens. Jarrell, break the tie for us. Who you got in this game? 
Yep, I'm with RC. Uh, I'm going with the Jayhawks. Uh, I think they kind of been put on. I think they've been kind of put on notice since the West Virginia loss. Uh, and like you guys said, they're kind of concerned now about making sure that they don't drop or slip too much in that seed. And so they need to try to stack as many as they can, quality wins, especially against uh, good teams on the road. So that'll go a long way for them on Selection Sunday. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. And obviously, Iowa State, man, they are tough at home. Uh, they got a great home court uh, atmosphere and environment, and it's a hard place to win that. But I think the uh, the Jayhawks use their uh, use their poise and kind of kind of their veteran leadership to lean on, and they make it out of there with a win. RC, you ever seen a Hunter Dickinson team plateau in conference play at all? <laughs> I know where you're going. I'm not touching that, Greg. I, just, I know where you're I just going. Wondering. Ain't touching it. I, I'm not I touching just that. I know where he was going. I, I was wondering what took him so long to say that. I, swear, <laughs> I thought he was going to come out the gate with that one. When I said Kansas, I was like, man. That's why I tried to get off it quick. Like, oh, Kansas, this is going on the next one. I was trying to get off that so fast. <laughs> Listen, man, you and I've been doing this for you've been doing this for three years with me, RC. Yeah, yeah. You knew what was coming. You know the scouting report. We, we had to hey, get there. I was All you right, was tired, man. You babysitting, man. I thought you was tired. You know what I mean? <laughs> never, never too tired for that. Never too tired for that. All right, the the final Big Twelve game uh, for this block for us here: Texas Tech at Oklahoma. Another ranked matchup, number twenty at number eleven. This is Saturday, two p.m. on ESPN Plus. Plus. For this game, it's a ranked matchup on ESPN+. Yeah. Plus, Ladies and gentlemen, come on. RC, what's the pick? I got Oklahoma at home. I think they need to get it just coming off of Texas lost. I think they need to figure it out um, at home. I just think it's tough to win on the road, too. I know I just picked Kansas to get that one, but I I, I don't – I think Oklahoma can't drop back-to-back games at the crib. They'll get it done. I like that pick. I'm rocking with you, RC. Uh, I think this is a prototypical bounce back spot. That's what us betters refer to over at BetMGM. Uh, when you get a team that just kind of put up a stinker at home, right? But they're back at home and they're pissed off. That seems yep. to usually work out in the pissed off team's favor. I trust Porter Mosier to get the boys rocking yeah. at home for this game. Against, like we said with Texas Tech, they've kind of been things going too well for them. Uh, Jarrell, are you with us? Is this a clean sweep for the Sooners? Yep, clean sweep. Uh, like you guys said, they ride that wave of momentum. Uh, the fans will get behind them. They'll feed off of that energy, and they'll be able to stretch this one out to get a win at home. That terrifies me that we swept this. Never get 3-0 and against Brandon <laughs> We got four more games to pick. That's coming up next. We're going to talk a couple more Big Ten games, a few more ranked matchups as well. We'll get you ready for the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Field of 68 After Dark. Now that the college football season is in the past and college basketball is in full swing, I need to tell you guys about our partners over at Rhythm. If you're into sports betting, you need Rhythm, the place for data-backed props and picks. For those that are unfamiliar, Rhythm, spelled R-I-T-H-M-M, is the go-to mobile app for player props and game picks. Backed by AI predictive models, Rhythm helps you make smarter and faster betting decisions across all sports, but particularly college hoops, where there are as many as 150 games a day during conference play, many of which have softer lines at BetMGM than you'll find in the NFL or in the NBA. With Rhythm, you get data-backed picks for every Division I game every day. Users get free picks daily with the ability to upgrade to unlimited access. And for those of you already using modeling, you can build custom sports betting models within the Rhythm app itself. I am a Rhythm user, and I found that I've been a better better when I focus on the lines where my gut and Rhythm's modeling are aligned. To kick off the partnership between the Field of 68 and the Rhythm, three people who download Rhythm at the link below and create an account between now and the end of the day on Thursday will be entered for a chance to win a free subscription with access to unlimited picks for college basketball, the NBA, the NFL, and more. So if you want to increase your edge and win more bets, go to the link in the description and download Rhythm today. That's R-I-T-H. MM, the place for data-backed props and picks.
It is the Field of 68 after dark. We are midway through our weekend pick'em portion of the show. I got Jarrell McNeil here. I got Randolph Childress here. My name is Greg Waddell. Let's get right back into it, boys. Texas at BYU, Saturday, 2 p.m., ESPN2. Kempom has BYU favored by eight points at home here. RC, who you got? Man, this was the hardest game to pick for me. This one was the hardest one, but I'm going to go with BYU at home. I like their balance scoring. Uh, it's tough to play and pick against Texas right now. I think they're starting to figure some things out. Uh, they've won two of their last three road games, man. So, but I, I, I just, I got to go with BYU. This was also the hardest game for me to pick, RC, and I landed yeah. on the opposite side of the fence from you. So <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. I really, I don't like betting yeah. against you, RC. You know this. No, it's all but, right. Uh, we got to figure it out. The, the bottom line for me as I was pressed into this was just I, I truly believe the Texas we've seen in the last week feels like a much better version of Texas than we've seen at any point this season. And I'm buying that that's going to stay here. I don't think that's an aberration. I think that they've kind of turned a corner, figured out how to play together. Max Aismas is extremely comfortable right now. But Dylan DeSue is the guy who has emerged as a really, really consistent threat for them. Uh, and on the flip side, BYU – I think BYU is a very good team. I think they're struggling big time with the realization that they're in the Big 12. I mean, the teams they're going to play on a night-in and night-out basis are just different than they've seen in the past from a physicality standpoint. Uh, just two and four in conference play right now. I got to rock with the road team, who I think has more talent than this BYU team has. Jarrell, break the tie for us. Yep, I'm going, uh, I'm going BYU as well. Uh, and this was a tough one to pick because uh, I have been really impressed just the way that Texas kind of picked it up over the last couple of weeks. Uh, speaking of kind of what you said, Greg, uh, I feel like Texas looks like the team that we thought they were going to be going into the season finally. So they're kind of hitting their stride. But at the same time, uh, I think I still think BYU is a, a underrated team. And I think they're really good and they're going to be hard to beat at home, even in the Big 12. Uh, they don't have the most talented guys in the world. Uh, but they got a, for the most part, senior-driven group, older guys that know how to play the game. And uh, and just doing some digging because I hadn't seen them play a ton. I went back and watched And the one kid, uh, Jackson Robinson, is kind of much CTV, man. That dude lets it fly, man. And he's a bucket getter. He can get hot and fill it up quick. And uh, and that building gets pretty loud and it gets juiced up. So And they got about five guys that are averaging double figures. So uh, I think they'll be balanced. They'll be strong. And they, uh, they'll, they'll squeak out with a close one at home over Texas. All right, I'm solo here. I uh, I don't know. I'm hoping that they're still a little pissed off about horns down. I think that's what swung the season in the Longhorns' favor. We'll see. My God. Uh, My God. Man, <laughs> I, I've never seen people get so upset about little horns oh down, Oh, my God. Cut it out, tough. man. Cut it out. What a joke. Tough. All right, to the Big Ten. That's my country. Indiana's on the road at Illinois. Indiana – uh, in turmoil, to say the least, right now. Illinois going to be a little pissed-off version of Illinois after the Northwestern loss. Saturday, 3 p.m. on Fox. RC, who you got? I think Illinois. I don't I don't see how any of us go feel comfortable picking Indiana. I, I, I don't I, – I, I think this is the easiest one probably pick we've had. Um, I think as Terrence continues to get acclimated, back with the team i think he'll be fine i think he needs to be home for a little bit uh i think the road obviously going to the road the distractions of everything that he's gone through having to hear all that and deal with all that but besides i just think they're a better team that, you know and i think i don't think it's gonna be close i think this will be the easiest game of the weekend I think I'm right there with you. I'm going Illinois as the pick. With that said, um, the one thing that concerns me for Illinois here is that if you go through their last five, six games, the one thing they have not been able to do defensively is guard the post. Like wh Whoever the other team's best post scorer is has gone crazy every single game in, in wins and losses. And that's all Indiana wants to do. So if Illinois does come out and do the switch everything little scheme, I, I think Malik Renew and Khalil Ware will both have opportunities to take advantage of the little guys guarding them in the post. But even if they play their A-plus game, Illinois has too much at home uh, in a bounce-back spot. I love the Illini. Jarrell, what's your pick? Yeah, I'm going uh, Orange Crush as well. 
Um, it'll, it'll, it'll be tough. They'll make it tough defensively on Indiana. Uh, we know that's a team that struggles uh, making outside shots. Uh, they got guys that can score in the interior, but they'll be prepared for that. Uh, Underwood will get those guys going, especially after that, coming off of that tough loss against Northwestern. Uh, well, the majority of their team looked pissed off already, so they'll be ready. Uh, they'll have a good game plan, scouted up for Indiana, and they'll, uh, they'll the, uh, Illinois will roll in this one. Hey, so RC, can, who's so going to have – Hawkins want to fight, then he got somebody inside him to fight this game. So he, since he won fight, we let him go. You're, we throw him down there with Wed. He can go fight Wed. Get all this frustration out. Yeah, you're not wrong. RC, who's going to have more points this weekend, Xavier Johnson or you? Oof. Ouch. He's He's got to play better, right? Uh, he's got to play better, right? I mean, he has to. I, I, you know what? He will. He's going to play well. Okay. He's going he, I'm going to say this. He's going to be the reason they're going to be in the game. I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he's gonna be the All right. All right. I, I, I'm going to circle that one. We'll see. Uh, Clemson at Duke is the next one to the ACC. RC, who's your pick? Uh, Dukies, man. Dukies just lost at home to Pitt. No way in hell they're going to lose a game in, in uh, Cameron for the rest of the year. Cut it out. I got Duke no questions asked except one question asked. Are we sure Duke's not a little bit soft? If they lose this game, I think that's a fair question to ask. We'll come back to that. Jarrell, what's your answer? Yeah, I'm going Duke as well. I don't think they're going to drop this one at home. Uh, but I definitely think they'll get challenged. Uh, Clemson will come here ready to go. One of their perimeter guys is going to have to do something for them to have a shot to stay in the game, though. Yeah, for sure. All right, the final game on our pick sheet here. We've got Kentucky – on the road, Bud Walton Arena against the must-bust, the Arkansas Razorbacks. RC, you don't dare pick against Kentucky here, do you? No. No, but I got something to say about Kentucky later. I guess I'll save it for the afters. I, I, my, I'll say this about Kentucky as we, if we go forward. The talent's there. They need to be better defensive. This is a Final Four talented team. If they don't win it this year, with all the crap that Calipari takes, Kentucky. We watching all the OGs kind of say, peace, man, they out of here. They tired of dealing with all this. No one ever thinks that Cal might say, man, I had enough of this. And he either moves on or goes somewhere else. Why wouldn't he? He's not as old as some of the other guys, but he's 64, and he's been in this thing a long time. So my question is that, is that a fair question that, that you asked about Kyle if they don't win? Because we know the narrative. This team is in the tournament. They expect a deep run. If they don't make a deep run, because with young guys, the kryptonite is veteran teams. Like playing a Tennessee-type team in a tournament when you're young, that's, the, that's just part of it. So how fast does these young guys grow up and get ready for the tournament? But if they don't, is it fair to say, does Kyle be like, man, I had enough of this BS and throw the do sign to Kentucky, I mean, to Kentucky? Am I tripping him when I say I love, that or not? I love a conspiracy theory. Jarrell, what do you think? Is he tripping? <laughs> I, I don't – look, I don't necessarily think he's tripping because, man, Kyle, he has been getting a lot of shit the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, at some point, him being as accomplished as he is, he could kind of walk off. My only thing is, man – where does he go? He doesn't – He Kentucky is one of the pinnacles of the college basketball sport. Where do you go from there? Do you make a step down in a sense, you know what I mean? Or, I mean, did the NBA know? Patino turned down big jobs to go to St. John. It could be something near and dear to him that he wants to do. I'm just saying from a standpoint of dealing with all that, because he's he's going back to the freshman. So if he don't get another Zion or another Anthony Davis or another one of these guys, will he will he win it? Will he even win it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a fair question to ask. I'm gonna need to make some phone calls and get that Michigan football money prepared <laughs> just in case this happens. Uh, hey, the, the pick is Kentucky for the record. I assume Jarrell, yeah. you're going the same way. Yeah. Yep, Kentucky as well. Okay. Yeah, clean sweep then here, boys. Uh, of all the games that we just talked about, I gave you eight games. Which game are you most excited for this weekend, RC? 
Wow. Um, I think Texas BYU. I think that's the hardest one. I, I, I'm excited to see that. I want to see. I think BYU is tough. I think they're going to be good at home. I think they'll struggle with the road, but they're good at home. Jarrell, uh, you can pick the game you're going to if that's what has you most excited, by the way. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm super excited about that game. And I think it'll be a good one because I do think Seton Hall is a – they're finally a formidable opponent this year. Uh, Shaheen has got it going. He's got to be a – uh, uh, early candidate for Big East Coach of the Year, man. Just the job he's done. So I'm excited to catch that one live and in person. Yeah, that should be good. I'm going Kansas-Iowa State, team that desperately needs a resume win versus team that's unstoppable at home. Hunter Dickinson, we'll see what happens. Hey, for Randolph Childers, for Jarrell McNeil, I'm Greg Waddell. We'll be in the last call on stadium taking your questions next. Thanks for watching.